Welcome to this episode of Four Ears. For I'm your Armin. ears, not to be confused for your eyes. That's Chase. What's up? And today, we're going to be talking about our favorite albums from 2017. And we're Fresh off gonna, the press. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're going back in time. As you guys know, it's January 2018, <laughs> and it's time <laughs> to do what we do every year on Four Ears, and that is break down our favorite albums from the previous year. Now, I, th- I think we, it's it's not to be confused. We just didn't exist whenever you'd normally do a year in review. Yeah. And I feel strongly about my album. I feel strongly about your album that you picked. So I think it's only right that we dig them back up and present them in July of 2018 because they're, they're that good. I think they hold up. Yeah, I'd say... Um I would agree. I would agree with you there. So Kelly Clarkson's stronger, <laughs> the deluxe version. Of course, the deluxe version. That is the most important part. When she says, uh, "What doesn't kill you, makes you stronger," it blew my mind, man. I felt that. It blew my mind. So, all right, what what album did you pick, Chase? For real, I'm gonna go with, and I'm I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's Tyler the Creator's Scumfuck Flower Boy. Is it really? That's the full. Is that name. really what it's called? Scumfuck Flower Boy. Yeah, but the the commercial release, and if you look at it on Spotify and Apple Music, is just Flower Boy. Interesting. I'll be honest with you. I have not heard a si- I've never heard of this, so I've not Dear heard God. a single song on this album. That's I don't know cr- what it is. So you better criminal. blow my mind. It's so criminal. You better blow. You better bring the heat with your top three. Um, I have picked one of only a handful of albums I actually listened to in 2017, <laughs> which is Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Bing, 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 bing. And I was I was telling you just before we started recording that picking an album in this, picking something for this episode was very challenging for me because um, I don't really listen to full albums anymore. And uh, there's only maybe three, three full albums that i listened to that were released in 2017 and i'm not counting rtj3 because technically that was released at the end of 2016 yeah christmas eve so uh there's only a handful of albums that i actually listened to in 2017 and they're all really good so it was a toss-up between uh between kendrick lamar's damn and bowie's last album black star so it was those, those two those were the two that i was that I was trying to figure out between. Damn. And I picked Dan because I've listened to Dan more times. That's fair. So you just feel a little bit more confident. I would have liked if you covered David Bowie. I would have liked to have covered because David I haven't Bowie listened well. to it all. Yeah, it's uh I mean it's good. It's a good album. It I feel like Dan is probably more accessible and maybe also slightly slightly more listenable on like a regular basis. Yeah, a little more accessible. Yeah. But um I, I'm pretty confident in in my pick here. I mean, this album, in my opinion, damn is, pro- is probably one of the best albums that was released in 2017, and it's an incredible rap album. I listened to it again, cover to cover, recently, so yeah, that helped kind of cement my decision. My my honorable mention for this episode was Jay Z's 444. I thought you would, dude. I I don't know. I can go back to it, and it's it holds up, and it has just a particular vibe and place that it puts me like headspace interesting and i dig it like if you haven't listened to that i'd recommend going back and listen to it and the best cuts for me is are moonlight the story of oj and then i'd put marcy me as my third pick um 
but man moonlight it's su- it sucks uh if you have if you haven't seen the music video for it it's garbage they try to do like a it's like a black version of friends um, really yeah and it's like the set in the first six minutes of the of the music video is just like a comedy sketch of like these black actors doing friends but then feeling really out of place and saying cheesy corny shit and the whole subject matter of the song moonlight is like we're stuck in la la land so like they're all like in hollywood stuck in this like uh way that i guess society wants them to perform on camera and i guess the music video is supposed to be like an art piece showing like the breaking of that wall and him like the main protagonist realizing that what the fuck is this like this isn't me and then the song kicks in whenever he like breaks through the set type of deal huh spoiler alert the song plays for like a minute and a half and then the music video is over it's a hard seven minutes to watch (laughs) that sounds terrible (laughs) it's just hard that's a really bad sell when it dropped i was like oh man this is gonna be this is gonna be dope they're gonna have mahershala from the actual moonlight Moonlight movie movie, yeah and they didn't (laughs) so uh highly don't recommend the music video highly recommend the song it's funny it's funny you should you should use the phrase la la land because i think the album cover to cover that i listened to more than any other album in 2017 was the la la land soundtrack really start to finish i think i listened to that album 40 times like i would listen to it at least i was like once a week i haven't listened to it once i haven't watched the movie and i love ryan gosling love you're 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 missing out that's something that we could probably we should do one episode that's uh, a soundtrack future that's just soundtracks that'd be really cool either way i know which one i'm picking today what's that hold on now i'm curious why don't we just do movies that ryan gosling's <laughs> in soundtracks and What's we just do one? drive oh, and la la land that's not a bad that's not a bad one um all right so today though let's get back to what we're doing today today we're talking about our favorite albums from 2017 and shocker we both picked rap albums and we keep saying we keep promising we're not going to do a rap album soon but just just hold on tight hold on tight and you're gonna you're gonna hear something cool in the next couple episodes i promise because this stuff isn't cool they're eventually going to get a music review podcast that isn't just about rap and hip-hop right because uh it, it might come as a surprise but chase and i both don't only listen to rap yeah sometimes and, i listen to emo rap <laughs> i would say predominantly i don't listen to rap but maybe my streaming stats would tell you otherwise because <laughs> a lot of i was looking over my 2017 year in review just trying to get a feel for like what was i actually listened to a lot of and there's like like you know 15 of the top 20 songs are rap songs and i was like fuck but none of those are from 2017 except for one of them which is off of this album so i guess here's how we're going to do this um we've each peaked we have each picked english as our first language some of us are better than others and on top of that we've picked uh three songs from these albums that we're going to talk about if we have a fourth i guess we can fit a fourth in but really we're going to talk about three or four songs from each album and we're going to talk about why we like them why you should listen to it and uh and and what we like about the the albums so I will I will defer to you and allow you to kind of kick it off for us, Chase. Give it to me. All right, sweet. <clears throat> so like I said, I picked uh, Tyler, the Creator's uh, Flower Boy. And Flower Boy was released in July 
of 2017. Oh, so, so we're coming came, up on like a one-year anniversary right now. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, the 21st. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about because I thought it came out in the fall just as often as I play it. Like it feels like it's still pretty new to me. Um, but yeah, it came out after Damn, the one that you're going to be talking about. It did. But what's more important to talk about, and I don't know how familiar you are with Tyler, Tyler the Creator. Do you know any of his songs? I know that he has a very deep voice, and I know that sometimes he's filthy. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only things I know about him. Am I like, am I off base or am I correct? No, no, you're correct. So Sick. I think it'd be cool if we listened to probably his best known song before this album. Okay. So I'll play it. And this is called Yonkers from Goblin. And this was probably like, this is what he broke onto the scene with. And in this music video, he is like, it's just like plain white background, him sitting on a stool doing crazy shit, uh, has like a roach crawling all over his hand and his, his eyes, instead of looking like regular eyes are all black. So they look like big ass beetle eyes. And he also has like an upside down cross tattoo on his like forehead. Like a real one? I don't think it's real. I think it's just for the music video because he definitely doesn't have it anymore. Um, but yeah, it's super, super frightening. And at the end of the music video uh, plot twist, he hangs himself from his stool. Oh, that's cool. But anyways, this is Yonkers and I'm sure most people have already heard it. With a fucking triceratops, reptar, rapping as I'm mocking deaf rock stars, wearing synthetic wigs made of anwars, dreadlocks, bedrock, harder than a motherfucking Flintstone, making crack rocks out of pussy nigga fish bones. So, like you said, extremely vulgar, extremely, uh, just, just, I would say random and nasty and dirty shit so it's his uh, subject matter I, I feel like i've heard him as a feature on a bunch of different songs yeah you definitely have you've definitely heard the song with push a t trouble on my mind trouble on my mind that's the one yeah 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 i've heard trouble on my mind yeah yeah that song's dope pretty dope um and also his style so just knowing him off of trouble on my mind and i have heard this song before mm-hmm. uh his style reminds me of mf doom Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, they have similar voices. It's like this deep voice, but also the... I mean, MF Doom isn't isn't super... I mean, he's, he's not like vulgar like this, right? No. But it's like punny. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like wordplay on wordplay. It's not necessarily storytelling, which I feel like... Correct me if I'm wrong. Based off of what I've heard from Tyler, the creator, it's a lot of wordplay. Yeah. Not a lot of storytelling. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know who I relate him the most to? is um relapse eminem interesting okay where it's just like off the wall shit that doesn't have like a bunch of non what is it non sequiturs where nothing attaches to each other right (laughs) you're just like oh wow like it all rhymes but i don't (laughs) none of these sentences why is he killing a goat in his shed and his mom's touching him i don't i don't know (laughs) okay um so that's kind of what it feels like it's it's entertaining but it's also like you can't blasted out in front of your car in front of a church or or a school zone um definitely not but with his first three albums flower boy being his fourth that's that's kind of been the the theme like goblin wolf cherry bomb it's almost like he was putting out a 
false persona of who he is. He was very, very homophobic, very uh, derogative, very just like trying to create this like insane persona of somebody that just does wild shit. Um, but during the span of those three albums, he had a show with MTV. He has his golf wing pro- project that he does have all this stuff with all this internet content. And you kind of got a peek into what, what he was actually like outside of his album. Like he still has the crazy deep voice, but you kind of get the sense that this guy just likes, he likes clothes. He likes skating. He's kind of feminine. Um, and he's, he's just kind of funny. So like you got you got to see like past the veil and you're like, oh, this guy is not not the dude that's like going to stab like a, a kid as he's getting off his school bus. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. Waiting at a school bus stop to stab some random kid. Yeah, because that's the vibe that you get from listening to the albums. But uh, like the, the real life persona of him is like he doesn't do drugs. He doesn't go out and he just likes cars, clothes and making rap. So what he actually said in the interview is like his his whole goal of cherry bomb the album before flower boy was to like not talk about anything personal just create dope rap songs stuff that he thought was fun and leave his personal life out of it as was the goal with wolf and goblin uh but with flower boy he felt like cherry bomb the album before it underperformed and was like generally not well uh regarded and i'd say this i'd say the same um so he wanted to try to go full throttle the other direction and do a very personal album with very concise, tight raps and a lot of like really solid features and probably his best production to date. Wow. So that's the other cool thing about Tyler, the creator is like all of his music videos, all of his albums are produced and directed by him. Wow. So track for track on Flower Boy. I think it's how many, how many fucking songs it is. Let me look. It is a 15-track album, uh, 16 if you include the bonus one that came after, and it's all produced by him. Like, That's incredible. If you look at the credits, 100% him. There's a few songs where he has like contributors that are listed as well, but for the bulk of it, it's all him. Um, so that that's that's super dope, but what also is really cool for me is how he uses his features and he spent a lot of time with kanye during the life of pablo era kanye and probably like immediately after yeezus up until life of pablo like tyler's like a huge kanye fan and like for some reason kanye was like i think this kid's cool so like i'm gonna invite him to recording sessions and you know work with him he's a creative um but you can definitely see like the impact of being in a studio with Kanye and how he uses features and how he builds an album like reflected on flower boy a thousand percent. So like, and it's going to be really excited about this album. Yeah. So instead of like, you know, doing what most people do nowadays, uh, not to mention like champagne poppy, uh, throwing together the largest album you possibly can with as many features as you possibly can to get those streaming numbers. Tyler was like, I'm just going to make, a quality like top to bottom tells a story gives a peek into my life album that like will be timeless like it's just you know not tied to any one particular feature i think like let me see here i have it all listed out how many features he has so he has frank ocean on it who you probably know sure uh i don't know how to say her name but it's cali uchis 
Kali, Kaliuk, whatever. Uh, Pharrell, ASAP Rocky, you know those two. Mm-hmm. Jaden Smith, Estelle. Do you know who Estelle is? Estelle is Joey's agent on Friends. It's a di- it's a different Estelle. Oh really? She has a song. Uh, probably best one you n- would know is uh, American Boy with Kanye. Okay, yeah, that's yep. a, that's Estelle. Uh, then somebody named Rex Orange County. Have no idea who that is. Uh, Anna of the North. I'm assuming from Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, someone called Steve Lacey, and then Lil Wayne. And I always forget Lil Wayne's on this damn album. Anyways, turn my page on my notes. I'm using notes today because this album's important. So, <laughs> um, where am I going with this? Yeah, so it's super, super personal. And as I mentioned mentioned earlier about Tyler, the creator, he's very homophobic, very slanderous of people that are into the same sex. But plot twist with this album, he like reveals that he's definitely bisexual and the whole name refers to this idea of him having like relationships with a man like this whole concept of flower boy and why it was originally called like scumfuck flower boy is because like he like i i would assume he feels like guilty or shameful about it and this was him like combating that like he's a scumfuck but he's also a flower boy so like if you looked at the original packaging it's like has a slash right after scumfuck before flower boy so it's like a dual personality like not bipolar but bisexual um and and you can definitely see that throughout because he makes references um i think it's i forget it might have been who that boy featuring asap rocky but he mentions in there that he's been kissing white boys since 2004 which is just completely perplexing to hear (laughs) out of tyler the creator's (laughs) mouth um so it's a it's a really cool album because of that um but more importantly, I think it does, it's like created its own lane or genre of rap music that I just felt is, is missing. It's like this jazz influence, rap, hip hop, very catchy type of deal. I think, uh, I think it's even listed as like jazz under wow. its like genre. So without too much further ado, I'm just getting to my top three cuts. Give it to us. Yeah, so my first one here is uh, See You Again, and not not the Wiz Khalifa song from Fast and Furious that was played into the ground, but this is See You Again featuring this Callie, I should have looked up how to say her name, Callie Uches. What the fuck ever. Who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, featuring Callie Uches, and the cool thing about this beat was in a lot of the, a lot of the singles from this album and a lot of the, the, the cuts that really pop out was that the the beats were originally made for other artists so this one was made for zayn malik do you know the pop star yeah the guy from one direction okay that dropped off yeah yeah and apparently like he made this with that guy in mind and tyler t- the creator made this for zayn malik made the beat okay and he was like sent it to him and he got it like rejected twice and he was just like fuck it i guess i'll use it so this is see you again Tell me if you've heard it. Okay, 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 okay. You live in my dream state. We look at my fantasy. I stay in reality. You live in my dream state. Anytime I count, she. That's the only time we make up, make up. You exist. 
So that's that's kind of like the dynamic of the album. Like it has that real slow kind of swinging vibe and then like hard raps and then back into the, like the soulful, like uh, laid back chorus back into hard raps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that maybe I mean, the album's like critically accepted really well, but it's not going to be like a billboard top chart album or something that's just streamed nonstop by everybody because it's it's very different the songs are structured very different to how things are now like something migos would put out or something right a uh, little yachty would put out where it's like all right well we gotta get straight to the, the straight to the jump because we have about 10 seconds before someone hits next right right there's like there's like 90 seconds in that song before he actually jumps on and starts yeah well i mean that's that's the other cool thing with with this album so before i really dove into it i just assumed all that higher pitch falsetto singing was pharrell like i just assumed he was uncredited but it's 100 percent tyler the creator wow and i was like damn like he can sing that high pitch talented man i, can I think sing that high pitch with his deep ass voice yeah so he has like this switch he's not like a terrible singer i mean it's definitely could be better sure um, but kanye sucks at singing and he sings on every single song that he's on so yeah yeah, so I I think I think a lot of like uh, critical reception of the album was like this is dope because it's like an open open letter. He's just like one hundred percent like unguarded, being vulnerable. Um, so that makes up for it being like very like anxiety filled and uh, very like just just like a stressful album. Like it feels like kind of tense a little bit, even though it's laid back. So they're like, even with like the mechanical errors, it's still cool because it's him taking a risk. Um, but yeah, that'll see you again. And I feel like a lot of our listeners, if they listen to rapper hip hop, probably heard that one because it did. I'm pretty sure it was like being played quite a bit, like on Spotify and whatnot. Um, so the next one I want to talk about is the lead single off the album. And that's Who Dat Boy featuring the one and only ASAP Rocky, who... Tyler worked really closely with after the life of Pablo came out. Like they became boys. They went on tour together and it was like this unprecedented, like for, for me, this was before I knew anything about Tyler, the creator, really. Like I just knew him as like the like super fucking strange dude that was, you know, um, anti-drug and, but also like very vulgar and graphic with his, with his rap. I knew him as that. And I knew ASAP Rocky as like, this pretty boy that was like really in the clothes and like fashion. And I was like, man, how's this, how's this going to work? Like, I feel like Tyler's going to be like, why are you, why are you being, why are you being gay? Like in clothes? <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out to work perfect. Um, so this is who that boy is the first single 
off the album. dogs loved it yeah they did so um i can see why this is sometimes looked at as a little bit of a jazzy album yeah i wouldn't say it's like jazz like what you'd listen to in a jazz club (laughs) no not at all but it certainly is it feels like it's fighting the like the uh the constraints of like what a rap song is supposed to sound like yeah. Right. Yeah, and for sure. He's he's got to have a lot of that influence coming from Kanye, because like Kanye's whole thing is like, my songs are sick, but they're definitely not rap beats. <laughs> so if you're expecting like a trap beat or rap, like it, there might be one of those in there, but it's going to be layered underneath a bunch of shit, and there's going to be a lot of stuff on before and after it, and you're barely going to hear it. Yeah, I think I think you'll see a lot of similarities because it's it's like the, it's the same position. Kanye can like make a song that is definitely not a rap song, but he is a rapper, so he's going to rap on his own. Correct. Beat, and that makes it a rap song. But what he made could technically be fucking anything. It could be a pop song, it could be a rock song, it could be a whole number of things. Same thing with Tyler. Like when you produce and rap over your own beats, it's like you can create as many disconnections as you want because you're the guy that's like, Well, I have this verse and like I thought this was going to be for another person, but fuck it. I'm going to rap on it. I don't care because it's sick. Uh, yeah, another. This one was made for a rapper you may have heard of called School Schoolboy Q. Correct. From TDE. I've heard of him. You've heard a few times of him. I, I Man, like you have like if I was Schoolboy Q and I heard this song come out with ASAP and Tyler Creator, I'd be like, fuck, man. <laughs> Why did I say no to that? I biffed it so hard. Right. Um. Yeah, so what what do you think of like the little sample? It's it's interesting. It's like uh it has like a suspense to it. Mm-hmm. Like it starts off and it's hard to tell what direction it's going in. It's kind of like this open field of like music, right? Just like these these little notes that are coming in. It has a whole bar between the next. So it's like a lot of empty space. Yeah. And then as it sort of like picks up, it actually feels a lot more of like violent and energetic than Yeah. Then you like the first 10 seconds of the song versus what the actual middle of the song sounds like. It's, it's a, it's a lot more, it's a lot more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. That's like I was, I found myself like moving my fucking head, my entire body. (laughs) I was just like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that. 
I would I would classify as like a horror song. A horror song. That's a great way of describing <laughs> it. It's like a thriller in a song. Yeah, like that. That's just like the this. I'm gonna go back to it, but the the subtle honey dicking. <laughs> <laughs> that whole first minute is just like building, 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 and then the beat drops. Um, this was also my favorite music video of 2017. Wow. And the music video is it's super sick. It was just something outside the box. Uh, there's like no context to it. But it like starts out and like that that part's playing like the the buzzing sound and he's just like stumbling through this like really colorful vibrant neighborhood Tyler's creator is and he's a big tall lanky dude and he's out of place in this neighborhood and he's like has his face like all all like messed up right and he stumbles into this house and the house the person behind the doorbell so they like do the thing where they look through the the door hole the mm -hmm. what is that called the the peak hole okay so you can see in and see who's standing at your door yeah they do that part they look through and it's asap rocky with like a surgeon's mask on and then like he lets tyler creator in he puts him on a uh puts him on like this operating table and he's sewing on a new face for him that's fantastic <laughs> and it's a white face <laughs> that's even better the cops show up outside and then they both like have to book it because apparently whatever they're doing is illegal or tyler the creators wanted one or the other um so they <laughs> so they run outside like through the secret escape hole asap rocky's like left there in his surgical scrubs and like mask and then next thing you know tyler creator is in a car running away with some random white guy from the wolfgang clan uh forget what his name is i think it's lucas maybe but it's just I don't know him what the wolfgang clan is but that sounds legit it's him driving driving his i think it's his mclaren with this white face on like wrapping his ass off and it's like up close it's super like super realistic um it's just so much so much different than anything else out there now am i am i remembering this correctly that is asap rocky uh part of a meme right now that's really popular it's like him looking all serious and shit looking at a computer yeah you have that wrong that's uh that's young thug oh shit i <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucked that up that's a great meme though that is a great meme my bad my bad all right so forget that i said that guys see this goes to show you for someone who oh it is young thug for someone who, <laughs> who, who, who like listens <laughs> to rap every now and then i don't know a damn thing about about a lot of these artists like okay so sorry, that's why I just just thinking ASAP Rocky. I thought that was ASAP Rocky, and, the, and this is a threat for all of our listeners that hate hate rap. We definitely have to do a Young Thug, like just a Young Thug episode where I explain why you need to appreciate Young Thug. Fair enough. Anyways, back to this. So the end of the music video like cuts off abruptly, and it starts the song Nine One One, which will be the next single, and it's vastly different, vastly different. <laughs> like hard cut we can watch the music video later but i'm gonna go ahead and play 911 because it's my next song and 911 is a two-part song it's called 911 and mr lonely and it features frank ocean and this guy named steve lacy so here is 
So that's 911. That's like way fucking different. Right? That's like a pop rap song. And let me guess, that beat was made for Wiz Khalifa. No, no, that that was as far as we know, that was made just for this album. But like it's so crazy because they're in that runaway car and it's just like hard cut and it's just multiple Tyler the Creators and different like old ass like grandpa looking outfits dancing and sitting on a bench like in this nice little park area to the song Watts playing. <laughs> and then it just like ends as soon as the beat drops, basically. And it's like 911, like coming soon or something like that. But I was like, yo, like, what was that? Like, <laughs> that was good. But this is great. You know that meme with right. the uh, the Top Gear guys? Right. <laughs> it's like, I like this, but this is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I felt between the time that Who Dat Boy dropped uh, until 911 and Mr. Lonely. Um, but yeah, that's a like super like exceptional song for me. Like that's hands down my favorite song from the album. Now, um, Chase, I've known you for <laughs> about a year and a half now. Let's See. let's call it a year and a half, a little bit less than a year and a half. Yeah. And uh, slowly, slowly but surely, I'm I'm starting to get like you know based off of all of our conversations, both on and off of this podcast, of which we've had. About the same number of conversations, both on and off of this podcast, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> Six. <laughs> so, it, you're you you've painted a picture for me of your favorite hip hop and rap songs, mm. and I am having a really hard time getting a bead on what it is that you like and what because there's such variety <laughs> in what you describe, like. The different music that we've listened to together, the different things that we've talked about, uh, both inside and outside of rap and hip hop, it I have a really hard time pigeonholing you and trying to sort of categorize what because this sounds totally different from you know like so I when I told you I was gonna do damn this episode you were like well, that's not his best album to pimp butterfly is better and I was like. Okay, well, that's not what we're arguing here. But then you, you, you're like playing this this album. This album sounds like nothing like either of these albums, or anything like old school Kanye, or anything like new. Con- it's just like it. I'm having a hard time figuring out you as a as a as a music <laughs> fan, Chase. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying. I'm trying to say I'm having a hard time figuring out you as a music fan, and I'm trying to see what is it about this that speaks to you. Yeah. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. No, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I, just, I think it's that's a fair. Lot of stuff. So, I I feel like I feel like for me, there's there's albums that like damn that I appreciate and and like, um, but not because they like deeply resonate with some part of me, like uh, like Runaway from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, like that song, holy shit, like. That is like in the upper echelon of songs for me. I would put like nine one one in that same category. Like, hey, these are these are the things that I like and I can appreciate. Like, I like your little Uzi Verts and I like, you know, Young Thug and I like Future and I like the National. But like this, this set of ten songs are the core fabric. The things that'd be like, that's I don't I don't care what you say, but that's certified gold. <laughs> wow. So I guess I guess. It really is about, um, and you don't have to be able to explain it either. You know what mm. I mean? Like there's there's something to be said about one of the magical things about music is that sometimes it can 
vibrate with like the frequency of your life in a way that no one else can ever appreciate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can have a song that millions of other people have heard, like Runaway. Mm-hmm. And you, the individual, can have a one-to-one intimate relationship with that song that no other person can replicate. Yeah. And I think that's one of the one of the beautiful things about music. And it it I think there's something to be said of it staying a mystery. Mm-hmm. In a way, that's part of what makes it so exciting. Because sometimes you hear something, you're like, I don't know. And then maybe down the line, you're like, wait a second. Like, that has stuck with me in a way that I never expected. Or sometimes hits you and it's like fucking lightning strike. And yeah. it, just, it just burrows its way into your brain. Like Run the Jewels did that to me. Yeah, I listened to like three Run the Jewels songs and I it literally lit my soul on fire. <laughs> like in a way that I never expected music to be able to. Like I'd ne- I was like, what? the fuck happened to me after listening to these these songs i'm not the same <laughs> i'm not the same person i was there's like my life is my life isn't like you know pre-marriage post-marriage or like you know like pre-18 and post-18 like it's not like that my life is is pre-run the jewels and post run the jewels and i'm i am several months post run the jewels and my life has not been the same since <laughs> i've you, lost my job you would think that <laughs> life would be a lot better exponentially better <laughs> You got you can't live the lyrics. Oh fuck no. No <laughs> way. Uh but I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is um it's really interesting to see the sort of like width and breadth of the music that you identify to. Mm. Um I would never have picked this album for you. Like if I if someone like listed out a bunch of albums and I listened to them, I probably would not have said this is an album that you you dig. But the more I think about it, having heard, uh, you know, like you played a couple songs from Brockhampton for me, mm-hmm. and then you played, what was that other, you know exactly what I'm talking about, what was that other, uh, like, hip-hop duo we, you played, um, you played, for, it was like, it was really fucking progressive and very, very confusing to listen to. Death Grips? Death Grips. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you knew exactly who I'm talking about. And I feel like. Tyler, the creator, has a lot more in common with, like, the Death Grips side of hip-hop and rap than the Wiz Khalifa. Let's put Wiz Khalifa as, like, the pop rap star. You know what I mean? Yeah, Rolling Papers 2, now in stores. Is What is that? It's, it's his album he just put out on Friday. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just getting a plug for him. Get that. Cool. That he Atlantic appreciates money. It. He appreciates it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's cool. Okay. Yeah, man. I... I I, I agree 100%. Like, I don't know if it's lyrical content or if it's it's uh, the, the spectrum of sounds or the different types of influences. Um, I can't put my thumb on it, but like 911, Mr. Lonely, timeless song for me. Um, I don't know what that says about me as a person, but I think, I think other people out there, if they hear it and give it a chance, play this album from front to back, they too will find a favorite song off this album. Well, they may think it's entirely shit, but even in shit, there's one, one piece one of, of corn of goodness. <laughs> that shines yellower than anything else. So that that's how I feel about Flower Boy. I hope I hope you give it a chance. I mean, the the only other thing I have on here is that there was an actual song made for Kanye that got pitched to him like twice during the Life of Pablo recording like sessions. It's called I Ain't Got Time, and it's it's super short and like super like it, for me it almost doesn't even fit 
the album, but it does like just the way it's positioned. Um, but it definitely would make a lot more sense on the life of Pablo. Like I could easily, easily hear Kanye rapping over this. Um, and then it didn't get accepted by Kanye, got rejected and passed on to Nicki Minaj, who also turned it down. Ouch. And then ends up in the hands of Tyler again. Yeah, we'll we'll play it. Right now we got some new music only here on Golf Radio. that's fantastic that that is like if you just heard the beat you'd be like oh wow somebody knows how to make a kanye west beat <laughs> for yeezus slash the life of pablo that is fantastic that's actually really good that was that was uh that was surprising i didn't know what to expect there yeah it's in your face it is in your I, face. I feel like nobody else could have made it work because I don't think anybody else is going to go, I ain't got time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. He's like, I will give you this song. And they're like, oh, sick. We love the bees. Like, but you have to start off by saying, I ain't got time. And like, <laughs> hard sell, Tyler. TTC. Can't do it, man. Sorry, it's bro. It's free. It's free. <laughs> um, all right. So that's, that is uh, Tyler, the creator's flower boy. Blat, Scumfuck blat. flower boy. There we go. We'll and uh, it's worth a listen, listeners. So I am going to be talking about Kendrick Lamar Kung Duckworth. K-Dot, Kung Fu Kenny, another real one. Compton born and raised. Compton born and raised. Damn. Now, uh, you guys may or may not know this about me, but I was born and raised in Los Compton. Angeles. Not quite Compton. <laughs> Instead of the mean streets of Compton, I was born and raised in the mean streets of Glendale, <laughs> which is very, very different from Compton. But as a as an L.A. guy, a true L.A. guy, uh, and considering the fact that Kung Fu Kenny released this as a birthday gift to me mm-hmm. on my birthday last year, I've got to say that Damn is my favorite album from 2017. Front to back, and oddly enough, back to front because you can listen to it in either order. Yeah, and it tells a similar, slightly different story. Um, so Kendrick Lamar's "Damn" is what his third album, maybe fourth album, depending on how you're looking at it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, his, it's his, his third studio album, third studio, and it third was classic back to back, third classic back to back, and it was a follow up to uh, to "Pimp a Butterfly," which came out in 2015 mm-hmm. and was. Uh, an instant classic, like an instant all-time great. Yeah. Uh, track after track after track onto Pimple Butterfly is nearly untouchable. If you're gonna have an album cover like that, man, you gotta make it. And timeless. He, he crushed it. He crushed it. It's a, it's a, it's a work of art. In Not a up way, for debate. Yeah, it's a to pimp to pimp a butterfly is a work of art in a way that that music generally in the past, I don't know, few hundred years hasn't been. Uh, and it, it really, really knocked it out of the park. I think Damn is almost as good as that. Damn. Right? I think Damn is is, is a fantastic album. Um, 
and not just because of the singles. In fact, I'm not going to talk about any of the singles that were released. I'm so so fucking cool. cool. We're going deep cuts only. Now, uh, the single that pretty much everyone has heard is humble. It sounds something like this, just to give you an idea of, of what we're working with. This is, this is Kendrick Lamar's humble off of damn. Syrup sandwiches. Syrup sandwiches. So ain't nobody praying for me. That's a that's a common theme in this album. Mm-hmm. Um but Humble is uh is a track that immediately just grabs you by the face and yells its message in, into you, right? Like that's that's how this I just imagine if this song was a person, it would like underhanded cup your jaw, like uncomfortably squeezing your cheeks and then just slowly bringing your face closer inside to inside of their face as it's yelling inside of your face, the yeah. lyrics. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a very aggressive. Uh, it's a very aggressive song. The rest of the album, not that aggressive. Mm. I would I would actually argue that humble is like peak anger in this in this album or yeah. peak peak aggression um the the songs that i personally like the most are some of the more chill songs on this album and before we get into shocker right (laughs) before we get into uh what songs those are uh it is worth mentioning that kendrick lamar's damn won a pulitzer prize for music which is pretty much unheard of outside of like jazz and classical uh composers yeah that shit doesn't happen that shit does not happen so this is a pulitzer prize winning album and i'm not sure what that means in the music world to be honest with you but it sounds pretty dope yeah i mean it's super sick um kind of crazy that it won the pulitzer prize and And not not to pimp a butterfly i kind of feel like there was some we missed it it's like when the ref makes a bad call, so then he immediately has to fix it with his next call, even if it's warranted or not. That's a good point. That's a good point. I wouldn't. I would not disagree with that. There's a lot of. Uh, there's there's probably a lot of accuracy there. So, b- before we get started, <clears throat> on before you get started, my favorite thing about this album is honestly how it's like all sewn together and it works playing frontwards and backwards but the the transitions so my favorite transition hand down hands down hand down i only have one hand (laughs) i mean for everybody listening chase has one hand uh my my favorite transition is the very first one from i believe the song's called blood Mm -hmm. and the dna uh and they use the actual recording from i forget if it was a fox news anchor or, or cnn news anchor talking about the lyrics from all right and they're saying, and and they like they repeat it, and you know, uh, f the popo, they want to see us dead in the streets, fofo, uh, fo show, and <laughs> you can hear the news anchor lady, and like not not to be racist, but you can hear the whiteness in her voice, the the what what is it what is it called when uh, you have your nose up in the air like the uppity attitude, the uppity attitude is just like reeks out of her, and she so saying, actually that's worth listening to because yes, I actually play that because. In a strange way, Blood, which is the opening track 
is not really a song. No. Well, it could be the opening it's like track spoken or the word. track. It's like spoken word, but it's one of my favorite parts of the entire album. That's so, interesting. Well, let's listen to like the last 10 seconds of blood into the first few seconds of DNA so you can get this <sighs> idea of this transition because it's really fucking good. Nut. <laughs> his views on police brutality with that line in the song quote and we hate the popo want to kill us in the street for show ah please oh i don't like it i got i got i got i got loyalty got royalty inside my ah please i don't like it god that sets the tone get out of here so hard that i got i got yeah and just slant it's like oh so um dna is one of the singles so i'm not going to talk about it even though it's one of the best songs on the album. With that context, the opening with DNA is the equivalent of getting pistol whipped. <laughs> like that is Kendrick Lamar going, shout <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, but the first song that I want to talk about is actually the next song on the album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. It sounds something like this. I got so many theories and suspicions. I'm diagnosed with real nigga conditions. Today is the day I follow my intuition. Keep the family close. Get money for bitches. I double park the Austin in the red. My mama told me that I'ma work myself to death. My girl told me don't let these hoes get in my head. My world been ecstatic. I checked the signal that red buzzing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this song, yeah, yeah, is uh, is I think a very fascinating look into where Kendrick Lamar's brain was during this album. Mm. And uh, I know I told you I didn't do any research. I did do research. So I looked up a lot of these lyrics. Damn, plot twist. Plot twist. Um, I looked up a lot of the lyrics and kind of the recurring themes in this album. And the thing that caught me originally about this song is that some of the thing, the some of the, the actual things he was talking about stuck with me. So he talks about how um, he talks about how black people are Israelites. Mm-hmm. He talks about how the uh, you know, the trials and tribulations of Israelites, you know, you're being given this test from, from God. Right. And Mm -hmm. that is this really common theme in the entire album is this kind of relationship of man to God. Uh, And the black Israelite is something that strangely enough connects to another world that you and I are a part of, which is weightlifting. Mm -hmm. Um, Kendrick Ferris, also a Kendrick, who is a three-time U.S. Olympian, is very religious, and he has been talking publicly about this concept of black Israelites for a really long time, at least the past few years. I mean, maybe it was something that he was into for a long time, but he's become very public about it recently. And it's fascinating. It's like a really interesting look into this like historical perspective of who really 
is being spoken about in the Bible. Now, I don't really know. I don't know enough about this. I'm not a scholar. I don't, I don't, um, I'm not like a, I'm not Christian. I'm not, I don't, I don't believe in this. Right. So, um, I studied this as a kid growing up in Catholic school and then kind of left it behind. And now it's been picked up like in the circles around me. But, uh, the idea of like black Israelite that in and of itself is really interesting, but as a theme that he uses for this entire album of like, uh, contrition and kind of being like half super prideful and half ashamed of like what he's been able to accomplish and like mm-hmm. the questioning who he is and whether he actually, you know, deserves the accolades like, you know, and this, this concept in humble, he starts it off. Ain't nobody praying for me. I, I think almost every song starts off with some variation of that phrase. Yeah. Uh, this idea of being like secluded and separate, but also fighting to be a part of what the storyline is by like, actually inserting himself into it into the culture by you know through his music and his art it's really to me the 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 concept of yah right because mm-hmm. he spells it y-a-h that's another thing here right it's not just like spelled like yeah it's like yeah y-a-h which is uh yahweh yahweh it's a shortening of yahweh and so um you know there's there's like this really strange deep very very troubling like religious undertone undertone to this entire album i mean the album's called damn right mm-hmm. and if you really take it to it's like basics you're talking about like you know being damned to hell damnation right? damnation nation coming out soon nation is coming out right it's supposed to be a double album yeah. nation is the second part right feel let down so uh so i i felt like yah while it may not be one of the, like the most popular songs on the album maybe not maybe not even one of the best songs on the album it's a song that like really encapsulates what it is he's trying to talk about throughout the entire album. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also think it's it's like relatively easy listening. I feel oh, like yeah. you can you can put Yah on in the background and do almost anything and it'll fit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, you, you like and then it comes on you're like yeah yeah you like you kind of like <laughs> go along with it. Occasionally you think about South Park yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of value there, even though it's it's, it's relatively short and uh, and it might be considered one of the you know quote throwaway throwaway tracks on the album. Never. Um, all right. Never. Never ever. So I have I've I know we talked about doing top three, but I did like a top four. So I'll do three and like a a throwaway mention, right? Shame. Not throwaway, like a shame, like a runner up mention. No, it's fine. And I'm not going in. Uh, I'm actually going in in track list order. I'm not going in order of like favorite or whatever Mm because I just feel like I wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, The next song that I want to talk about is called Pride, which is, again, we're talking about like sins. Like this is very much a religious undertone to this song. So here's Pride off of Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Thank you. 
chasing new worldly possessions. Flesh making, spirit breaking. Which one would you listen? The better part, the human heart. You love them or dissect them? Happiness or flashiness? How do you serve the question? Here's a weird connection. This song has Steve Lacey on it. Bum, 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 bum. No shit, really? Yeah. <clears throat> that's uh that's Steve Lacey singing in the beginning. Damn, I was wondering who that was. Yeah. So I didn't know if it was a sample. Now or we're if putting it was... we're putting some weird stuff together here. The universes are in line. Steve Lacey, very productive here in 2017. Correct. Who are you, Steve? Um so yeah, Pride is again, it's one of those songs that's very it's very chill. It's very easy to listen to, but when you dive into the lyrical content of it, it's it's really tough. Like he's mm-hmm trying to balance uh and much much smarter people than i have made these observations i'm just trying to condense some of it and smarter i'm reading a lot or of this. more time a little bit of both maybe uh off of genius you know this this is something that people spend a lot of time breaking down and and arguing about what each individual word means and mm-hmm. what their context what their context is in various uh in various various parts of the song and this song uh, breaks down kind of this idea of the tension between ideal and what you're actually acting in. So the tension between where your mindset is and where you want it to be and where your actions are and where you want them to be. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's uh, again, if you look at it from that religious point of view, pride being one of the seven deadly sins, this doesn't have the thematic concept like uh, they were saying Nasir would, right? Where yeah. each album track is one of the deadly sins, um, which I mean, even in the end of the day, I'm not really sure that album did that. But mm-hmm. this doesn't really <clears throat> follow that type of a formula. It's more of this just this concept, this overarching theme that that shifts in and out of every song of trying to normalize the life that he's living with the life that he feels he needs to live or the life that he feels that he wants to live or, you know, there's, there's a tension there. And while he doesn't, it's not like, uh, well, we're not talking like Drake hiding a child tension, no, but we're talking, you know, this, this is a man who is, uh, I think at heart an artist in a way that a lot of people don't attribute to rap artists right Mm -hmm. i mean kendrick lamar is himself he would probably describe himself as an introvert he would probably describe himself as an artist a creative more than anything else that he's doing and i think his public persona kind of vibes into that relatively well but he himself doesn't shy away from like what comes with being a fucking rap star you know what i mean so there i think there's this really strange difficult balancing point that he's running I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, part part of the reason why this this song this would have been one of my top songs as well, um, but I think what he's getting at with that with the whole like uh, maybe I wasn't there line, that thing, and you kind of spoke on it too, um, is that the idea of being somewhere but being like mentally and emotionally vacant because you're somewhere else in your head, um, and that's something that he that he also kind of plays into on to pimp a butterfly. Um, he, he talks about uh, just like what it's like to come back home to Compton and have like what he, he describes as survivor's guilt because he made it out and now he's famous, but now he comes back and instead of being able to 
be happy and change the li- change the lives of all those people around him. He just feels guilty because there's not more he can do for like each and every one of them. And he feels like that's his role. That's what he should be doing. Um, so the same, same regard here is like, he like probably saw all types of crazy shit growing up in Compton and like came back to crazy shit, but he can't be there because he had visions of doing this, what he's doing now. And now that he has done those things and he's came back, he's still not there because he's like, there's a bigger message. There's always like a bigger fish to catch. Right. And there's like bigger goals. Like now it's instead of like save the soul of Compton, it's like save the, like save the soul of, you know, my people, like get them out of this bullshit. Um, so yeah, like this is, I don't resonate with it on that level, but I can definitely like, I understand the concept of like, failing to be there for somebody because i'm somewhere else mentally yeah and that's like some deep shit i mean the there's a the second the second way to interpret the song the second version of pride that he talks about is actually he has a lyric in here i can't fake humble just because your ass is insecure Mm -hmm. because he's trying to he's trying to find like there's a point at which being prideful is is an issue Right. It's like being prideful in that. Let's say, you know, he makes it out of Compton. He makes it out of the dire straits that he was born into. He makes it out of the environment that he was born into. And his pride turns into ego of being mm-hmm. able to do that. But at the same time, my Mount Rushmore is just four different is me with four different expressions. <laughs> right. That's that is prideful to a fault. Right. Yeah. That's that's Drake prideful. But he also Kendrick realizes that what he's been able to accomplish and the work that he's put into accomplishing it is not something to be downplayed. Yeah. And so he he's also leaning into like the pride he has of what he has been able to to do, which is I think is a really interesting feeling because, you know, all of us all of us grind ourselves in a certain direction for a reason, right? We're trying to do things. And I think a lot of people struggle with this idea of like at what point do we get it? Like, <laughs> yeah, do we yeah. get it? Are we there yet? You know what I mean? Can I talk my shit again? Right. <laughs> and sometimes you're like, I'm the best in the world at what I do. Like double birds all around, right? <laughs> and other times you're like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. I'm win- in way of my head. And I think that idea of, of being being aware of that being a, a huge pitfall and also being prideful of your own accomplishments is like a really fine line that everybody is struggling with. Yeah. He just struggles with it on a crazier level than anybody else does because he's getting millions of people telling him he's the fucking greatest Mm -hmm. and he himself will also admit that he's the greatest, but that's a different thing, right? That's a different thing. So that's, that is uh, that is pride. He says, my wife said, don't let these hoes get in your head. That's a good line. Because you, I often forget that Kendrick Lamar is all wifed up. I mean, he's probably the best rapper out at the moment. You know, billboards don't show it, but <clears throat> I think it's undeniable with talent. Probably, and he's on tour. It's a very important lyric right there. Now, have I brought up? <laughs> have I have I brought up my uh, my my disappointment? And I I have. I talked about it with Jay Z, and I think I talked about it with Kanye as well. This whole, I don't I, care about your relationship. Yeah, the, I, the whole thing. I don't care about the relationship, but also that uh, you can't you can't wrap both ends. You can't say 
oh, I, I've got a, you know, I've got a wife at home and she's Kim Kardashian. I've got a wife at home. And she's Beyonce. So I'm definitely not going to cheat on her. And then the next song, you're like, I was just fucking this bitch who ble- bleached her asshole. Kanye can't do that. Jay-Z can't do that. Well, Jay-Z can't do that anymore. But my Kendrick point never is, does. That's my point. My point is Kendrick is a talented artist. Has never once talked about fucking a bitch. A married man does not talk about fucking bitches. He does talk about how he wants to have his dick the size of the Eiffel Tower, but that's so he can <laughs> fuck the world. That's, that's noble. A different, that's a totally different thing. And to be totally fair, who doesn't want to have a dick the size of the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> I don't. To me, that is like, that is a that is a crux that you have to carry, literally, uh, similar to being the president. I don't have enough blood in my body to do anything with a dick the size of the Eiffel Tower. Well, because you're, you don't have to worry about that because your dick's making all the decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point, you're just a fucking birthmark on your dick. Just <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So the next song, the next song on Damn that I want to talk about is called Fear. Fear is the longest track on the album. It's almost eight minutes long. And uh, it tells a really interesting story. It tells... And I, I learned this again by reading smarter people's um, smarter people's annotations here, and it tells the story of the biggest fears in your life in three different points of your life. So for Kendrick, he picks seven, seventeen, and twenty-seven, hmm. and it's hard to believe that he's still only like twenty-seven years old. But seven, seventeen, and twenty-seven. So he picks these three stages of his life, and he uh, he basically goes over the biggest fears that he feels during those times at age seven he's talking about um his mother at 17 he's talking about being killed and at 27 he's talking about losing everything that he's worked towards and building so Mm -hmm. here's what fear sounds like so we only got to hear a short part of that uh that first verse but essentially fear tells the story of what things you're most scared of at various parts of your life and um 
you know, the first verse is all about his mother. He's talking about his mother basically threatening him with physical violence. But mm-hmm. you can see it's not like uh it's not like a an abuse violence. No. It's like I'll beat your ass if you fuck up like break this Game Boy I got you type violence. You yeah, I'll be, I'll beat your ass if you're not home when I say to be home. Right. Probably more accurately. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Cuz I doubt he had a Game Boy. Well, it says it says I'll beat your ass say that game is broken. I'm just assuming it's a Game Boy, something oh, like that. Um, you know, so it's it's one of those things of of a uh, universal relatability. Yeah. Not so much with his fears at 17 of being killed while just being a 17-year-old on the streets mm-hmm. or his fears at 27 of losing all of his shit to people that he's trusting that he shouldn't be trusting. Um, you know, losing his success, losing losing his money, just being fucked over, right? So I don't I don't feel that type of fear at 27. I didn't I didn't feel that type of fear at 27. I didn't feel the fear of being killed at 17, but but for fuck sure there was a, there was like a fear of disappointing my parents. There was a fear of letting down my parents. Shit, I still have that fear. I'm a grown-ass man, right? There's like this fear of disappointing the people who either are closest to me or rely on me the most or, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. And there's this humanity that shows up here that I think a lot of rap doesn't necessarily lean into. No. There's people who are very fucking talented who can tell these types of stories and don't just because it's not accepted or it's not it's not cool it's not cool <clears throat> right and you, you you yourself pointed out like tyler the creator spent his first few albums kind of building this persona and then it turns out he's like hey guys you know how i was calling everyone like gay and shit <laughs> well like i kind of like dudes sometimes you know what <laughs> i mean so and that that's like that's a big turn that's a huge turning point so i think there's i think there's something really deep and respectful for Kendrick's ability to open up and again now we're starting to get real read on the type of music that I generally like to listen to is it's it's a little slower it's a little like a a slower paced beat Mm -hmm. it's it's you know you can sing along with it right yeah 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 you can sing along with that right and here he has like a a a bunch of pretty cool like the um the chorus is like about smoking fear away and rolling it up and taking Mm -hmm. two puffs and he has like this like high-pitched voice when he does it it's really it's like funny it's like he has pops yeah yeah, he has like this really weird (laughs) way of like putting it across that makes it interactive in a strange Mm -hmm. way and you're both relating to it from a sense of oh like i get that i get where you're coming from and you're also participating in it because it has like the pop quote-unquote influence of being quotable and being you know, you can you can feel it and you can move with it and you can say it along with him. Yeah. So even if you even if you don't get the song, life's a bitch. Pull them panties to the side now. That's right. That's a great <laughs> lyric. It's incredible. Not, but he's not fucking other bitches. Yeah. He is. That's fucking what, life. He's when fucking you have, earth things. Fucking life. When you have a world slayer dick, <laughs> those are the things you do. World slayer dick. Now, to be totally fair, metal band name right there. No, world slayer dick there's no way by the way having a dick the size of the eiffel tower wouldn't let you fuck earth a dick the size of the eiffel tower would be like a like just like a on on earth's surface you wouldn't be fucking earth at all i think it'd be enough to count 
I don't know, man. You might as well just put your dick in the dirt. (laughs) 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 So those are are three songs. Damn, we've already hit your three? Those are three songs. Now, I wanted to give an honorable mention to Duckworth. And I wanted to talk about Duckworth because it's both the closing and, if you listen to it in reverse, the opening of the song. And I want to talk about Duckworth because the song stuck in my head a little bit. I really liked how, when I first heard it, I really liked how it ended in a way that allows you to re-loop to the beginning of the album. Mm -hmm. So it ends essentially with the first couple notes of the very first song, Blood. And I think that's really awesome. That, that makes that makes the, the album feel very cohesive, very purposeful. It's put together in a way that, you know, someone sat down and said, I need it to be in this order for this reason. And I really like that sort of conceptualizing when it comes to this music. More than that, though, the story behind Duckworth, I'm not sure if it's true, but if it is true, it's incredible. So here's what Duckworth sounds like. Just remember what happens on Earth stays on Earth. We're going to put it in reverse. Darling, I told you many times, and now I'm telling you once again. Respected, common collected. Came circling parking lots and parking spots and hopping out while harassing the corner blocks. Crooked cops told Anthony he should kick it. He brushed him off and walked back to the Kentucky Fried Chicken. See, at this chicken spot, there was a light skinned nigga that talked a lot with a curly top and a gap in his teeth. He worked the window, his name was Ducky. He came from the streets to Robert Taylor Home, Southside Project, Chirac, the Terror Dome, drove to California. All right, so here's the story. Mm-hmm. that Kendrick Lamar Duckworth is telling in the sto- in the song Duckworth. He's telling the story. Do you know this? Mm-hmm. Okay, of course you know this. What am I saying? <laughs> but the listeners don't know this, and that's why that's why I'm I'm I feel like this is very fucking cool. So he's telling the story of his dad, Ducky, mm-hmm. who was working at a KFC. Popeyes. Popeyes? Chicken. Even fucking better. <laughs> he's working at a Popeyes. And uh he basically was uh he was he was gonna be robbed mm-hmm. by a guy named Anthony Tiffith. Oh, that name should sound familiar. And instead of getting shot and killed, Ducky was generous and sort of not only resolved the situation peacefully and prevented uh Anthony Tiffith from killing anybody and uh, and going to jail for the rest of his life, and specifically killing Ducky, Kendrick Lamar's father, he sort of played off the situation and everything came out okay. And then 15 years later, Ducky and Anthony Tiffith, now known as Top Dog, are hanging out in a studio because Top Dog signed Kendrick Lamar when he was 15, not knowing this coincidence that Kendrick Lamar's father basically was able to like through his generosity and his actions save both of their lives yeah and there's this this incredible storytelling in this in this song in a way 
that I feel like the only other person that's able to tell stories like this through rap is Eminem. It's like it's very very clear that that there's there's not just the ability to put together rhymes or puns or you know like put together very energetic uh poetry it's like this storytelling that's deep within what kendrick's talking about and there's Shit, my bad it was it was kfc um, it was kfc yeah but also the other point <clears throat> is that uh kendrick's dad uh i forget what his name is ducky no no yeah i guess it was ducky but uh he would he'd let uh top dog like in to get like chicken like to eat safe. for free yeah yeah and that was it. He would feed him, and he'd give him, he's, he's like, oh, I'll give, him, I'll give him free chicken and two biscuits every time he comes in. And it's like cl- classic extort. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, it'd be a shame if someone broke in here and shot you up. Right. Well, here's some free chicken, right? <laughs> um, and it's, it's really incredible. There's a line in here. I'm trying to see if I can figure it. Uh, there you go. 20 years later, them same strangers, you make them meet again inside recording studios where they reap in their benefits. Then you start reminding them about that chicken incident. Whoever thought the greatest rapper would be from coincidence? Because if Anthony killed Ducky, Top Dog could be serving life while I grew up without a father and die in a gunfight. Pop, Boom. Pop, pop, pop. Exactly. That's how the song ends. Um, so I think there's... Uh, I think the reason why Duckworth sticks out to me is be- just because of the pure craft behind it as far as the story i don't know if the story is true but if the story is true it's that's incredible mm-hmm. and even even if the story isn't true being able to put it together and turn it into this song is really fascinating to me it just speaks to what kendrick lamar does better than anybody else in the rap game um so there there you go i mean that's my favorite 2017 album it's one of only like three albums that i actually listened to cover to cover in 2017 <laughs> so you know, it was a short that, list for me. La La Land and the Blues and, Clues soundtrack. That's right. The Blues Clues soundtrack. Actually, it was a lot of Mickey Mouse Club. So, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we'll go go back just real quick. You didn't pick any of the more violent cuts. Which, I did not. Which explains why. Because I, I feel like Humble's like very aggressive, but I also think uh, the ending of Feel is super in your in your face i feel like element all around is super aggressive and in triple x like that is hands down the like that's the toughest song for me yeah you you mentioned to me you're like triple x is uh is an underrated song yeah it's just underappreciated i think you're right it is underappreciated i didn't give it any appreciation here he brought you two (laughs) onto a rap album yeah to sing four lines like Bono sings four lines and they're featured for like ninety seconds I can't of the even, song. I can't even remember what what they are. Yeah, exactly. But man, it's a good, I mean, listen. Don't get me wrong. Every song on this album is is listenable, and I don't want to paint a picture that the album sounds like this. So if people haven't heard the album, do not think that all the songs sound like the the three or four songs that we just listened to. We listened to literally the three or four chillest songs, except for God. It's this what God feel like. <laughs> so the entire, the rest of the album, there is, there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of energy and aggression in the rest of the album. Definitely worth listening to. Um, I know we guys, we teased you guys a little bit with what we're going to do next week. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've been promising chase that we're going to be going non-rap for a while now. 
and we both thought that this was going to be the one that we were going to do 2017 favorite album and that i was going to show up with something that wasn't rap and that we were fucking wrong yeah and we so, both had the opportunity because yours your non-rap one would have been bowie yep my non-rap was uh the national sleep well beast and we both looked those albums in the eye and told them to fuck off that's right I'm not going to play humble just because you can't. <laughs> just because your ass is insecure. Wow, you're telling David Bowie that he's dead. Anyway, my point Rough. is we are now going to purposefully move away from rap. This and here's how we're going to do this. Hard pivot. Hard fucking pivot. We're going to do our next episode and over the next couple episodes, we're going to specifically stay away from rap by doing favorite albums of particular decades that are not rap albums specifically not rap albums so i think we're going to start with the 90s and uh, and we're going to go from there so we're going to start off at the very least next episode is going to be chasing my favorite album from the 90s it cannot be a rap album. I'm going to get through this on some bullshit technicality. Yeah, he's going to find some <laughs> way. He's like, Bell Biv and DeVoe. <laughs> Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> That's right. There's jazz in the name. So, yeah, we're going to do our favorite album from the 90s uh, that is not a rap album. And that, for me, by the way, is going to be really fucking easy because I have listened to rap for maybe the past six years of my life. And before that was listening to not a single bit of rap at all. So the difficult part for me is going to be narrowing down what metal album I'm going to be picking. Yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome. I'm set. All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Chase? Yeah, you can catch me at Chase504 on all of the things. Uh, Also, new update is we we now have an official not, not verified instagram account for the podcast that's four ears podcast on instagram that's the number four number four letters e-a-r-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t damn did i spell it all right you did spell it all right. i'm not even looking at anything nicely ladies done. and gentlemen but what i'm going to try to do is i'm going to try to post a picture of whatever albums we're talking about or something and that's where if you want to throw shade at us attack us say that all of our viewpoints are wrong or you want to let us know that you agree that's where you can do it is right underneath that picture in the comment section. And then is also if you have albums or stuff you want us to review in the future, feel free to either comment it or message it to that account. Or you can message it to at Chase504 if you just don't want to follow another Instagram account. I know that ratio is important, the followers to following. So, you know, do what you must. And you can find Armin at Armin Hammer TV on all the things. Thank you very much, everybody. And we will catch you next week. Later.